I know for me that when I stay true to how I love to do things, the success attracts. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in divine timing beauty. Let's dive in. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are here for a, another interview today. And honestly, I truly feel like you are going to get so much out of this one. I am blessed to welcome my beautiful friend, Kat John, otherwise known as the Zero Fucks Chick on Instagram to the podcast. And truly, this conversation is like next level authentic, which is really no surprise. Kat is an authenticity coach. Her podcast, Real, Raw and Relatable. That's honestly what she is. There's literally no better way to describe her. She is just so vulnerable and so open to sharing the truth of her journey. And trust me, her journey is unlike anyone else's that I know. She first shared her story with me sometime last year. And I remember hearing her story and not ever having heard it before, just being so emotionally moved by everything that led her to where she is today. And she shares all of that straight away at the beginning of the episode. So I don't want to dive into that now. I want her to share all of that with you and for you to really feel the way I felt when I first heard it. But Truly, it's not just her story. It's the way that she has transmuted that into showing up in so much authenticity and in a way that really helps people to master their mindset, but in a way that it's not so much about the woo. It's about real talk, cutting through the bullshit, really getting to the heart of who you truly are and honestly honoring all aspects of your truest self. And like I said, it's not about the beautiful, ethereal, floaty versions of things that we can sometimes hear. It's more about getting to the depths of things and really looking at the parts that can feel messy and can feel uncomfortable and honoring them and going through the shit in order to get to where it is that you know that you want to go. And Honestly, I just feel very grateful to have had Kat on the episode, to have her here on the podcast. It's honestly just a conversation between two friends and it's a blessing to be able to share that with you. If you don't know Kat, she is an authenticity coach. She's a speaker and she's a soon to be author and she's someone who inspires legends to come back to their real and authentic selves and to channel their fucks towards what truly matters to them. She has group coaching programs, a global zero fucks movement, meditation platform, a podcast. She's a keynote speaker and her work is changing thousands of people's lives by helping them to be real and to freely understand who they are. Trust me, it is a big journey, as Kat would say herself. And we really dive into some of that here on this episode. We talk about how to stop people pleasing, how to let go of your false personality and come back to your true self. We talk about how to move through the mess, what it really means to take the next best step and why the cumulative effect is everything. We talk about wealth 
and abundance and building that through an authentic expression, how to be vulnerable and walk the line between sharing in the moment and also allowing yourself to process. And some of the biggest limiting beliefs that Kat has come up against herself within her entrepreneurial journey, specifically around money mindset. So there is a lot of juicy goodness packed into this interview. I could have talked to Kat for literally (laughs) the rest of the day, but this hour is seriously so good and I am so grateful to share it with you. I'm looking forward to hearing your favorite part. So as you do listen, make sure you screenshot, share it on social media, tag me at this is Tayray and tag Kat at cat.john on Instagram. Appreciate you, beauty. Enjoy the episode. Cat John, my love, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Thank so you. glad to finally bring your light here. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Tay. Oh, honestly, like you and I have been friends for quite a while now, and I think it's been on the books to get you on the pod. And as <laughs> always, divine timing. And I feel like oh, it's just going to be a good conversation. I'm so excited to see you and you to too. share your light and have a beautiful conversation together. So Let's dive in. I know your background story. And I remember when you told me we were at another of our dear friends, Erica Prima, the queen of confidence, were at her dinner for her birthday. And I remember you telling me your story and blown away is the only way that I can describe it. And so I feel like it would be an injustice (laughs) start there. So can you share a little bit of your story with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me and to all your listeners. Thank you for listening to me in your earballs. Yeah, I guess uh, it's it can be kind of weird for people to people who know me now. They're like, "Is that really your past? You know, did you really experience that?" And you know, the the shitty part is, yes, I did, but it all brought about an emergence of oh, you know all the good stuff, the hard stuff, but the good stuff. So I guess to sort of break it down into early childhood, adolescence, and then my early twenties, which is where sort of I'd say the the big wounds were in those times. So as a child as a six-year-old girl I was sexually abused through a family friend through the church that we used to go to and that was a anyone who has experienced this or knows someone who's experienced this it's it's always going to wound you in some way shape or form Mm. and for me you know that really did set up a belief system internally of I must have done something so bad to deserve this so then I would tell myself and this was not conscious thoughts at the time but As I sort of started to get older, you know, I could hear these dark thoughts in my head of you deserve to be treated like crap. You know, you have to do what other people want to do. What you want doesn't matter, you know, and you can kind of make sense of that because as a little kid, you're like, oh, I really don't want this to happen to me, but I just kind of got to let it happen Mm because that's the only way to feel safe, right? To not fight back. So that's, you know, that really set up a a people-pleasing type of personality, my outward false personality. I was the yes woman. I was a yes, sure, uh, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. And really lost a lot of my own compass of what was good for me, what was not good for me, what was true for me, what was not true for me, right, wrong, etc. So it definitely led into, yeah, I guess, sacrificing my needs for other people and wanting to fit in and wanting to belong and wanting to be liked and loved and approved. And it was very much and not conscious of it at the time, but it was a deep cost to myself. So to claw back my true self and who I am was and still continues to be a great big journey. 
But throughout adolescence, you know, wanting to speak up about the abuse and finding that I didn't feel emotionally held like I needed to, I guess really created this other false persona in me of like, well, fuck you. If you're Mm. not going to support me or if you're not going to help me or if you're not going to care, this is in my own perception. But that's another decision that I made and a belief that I made around like, well, I'll do my life however I want to on my own and I don't need anyone. So there was this flip personality in me of the people pleaser, but then I'm fine on my own. Don't get too close to me. Mm. And that then led to, or the, I guess, abuse type things led to obsessive compulsive behaviors. I would binge eat and then I would throw my food up because I also had these big emotions internally that I didn't know how to deal with. I didn't know what to do with them. So yeah, I would tidy my room with so much anxiety and place things in certain ways that to feel, I guess, a sense of control and a sense of safety that was sort of still running through my system. So yeah, and then started to take place was as I started to get into my older teens, you know, I guess this rebellious side of me that was, again, that, that other side of fuck you, I'm going to go and like do whatever I want and abuse my body and take a heap of drugs also not wanting to take them because I knew that I was doing it to people please my peer group. So there's that duality oh. that was taking place. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. Kat, where are you? Where are you in this decision-making? Where are you? Capital Y, you. Where are you? Yeah. Um, and that led me down a, a three-year stint of partying Thursday through to Sunday, writing myself off, Mm-hmm. Um, not listening to myself because I knew I really didn't want to take drugs because I was afraid of what might happen. And it, it sort of progressed from taking ecstasy to then speed to then cocaine to then smokable speed and then to ice. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself I'd never do those things. I promised myself I wouldn't go to certain nightclubs because I knew kind of crowd that was there and what was available there. But I did, you know, and, and this was a real journey of just losing myself. Yeah. And then the final crux of like early 20s, 23, 24, and this is where, what I shared with you, I needed to have brain surgery for this congenital brain condition that was very slowly turning me into a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. And five years prior to finding that out, when I was out partying, taking the drugs, I got all this pain flare up through my body and I didn't want to address it. I wanted to ignore it. I was just like, oh gosh, I don't, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. So five years of this pain growing inside and it was nerve pain. It was very uncomfortable. It started to take over, I guess, my view of the world and my view of myself thinking, yep, this is what I deserve. I'm a bad girl. Bad girls deserve these bad things. Mm. And so I was a mess, Tay. You know, I was a great big fucking mess. And that sort of led me to what led me to having brain surgery because at the time I was working for my boss and I went to walk down a set of stairs and I couldn't walk. The condition had turned so bad. And then they sent me for an MRI, which we then found out what it was. And then six weeks later was having brain surgery. But then the crux of it was sort of how this sort of end, this inner turmoil and shit things happening in my life, how it, the last part of it was after the surgery, they fixed everything structurally, but the nerves were so badly compressed by what my brain was doing that they were still not functioning the way nerves should. They should be firing and wiring through your body and then you can freely move and no pain. Whereas mine were kinked, think of a kinked hose. Mm. Mine were like that. And so they weren't communicating with the rest of my body properly and then my brain. So then it was always this chronic pain cycle. 
So my surgeon put me on this medication, which is, it's very strong pain medication, but it's also an antipsychotic. And it tries to trick your brain into thinking you're not in pain. And the last part for me was that this, whatever kind of hope I had left, and there was very minimal, it just blacked it out. Mm. So my brain was black. My the world was black. And that scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. And that was my catalyst to change. I know I've heard that story Mm. before, but even hearing it a second time, it still feels equally emotional. Thank you for sharing. Mm. Yeah, I know everyone will be feeling a lot, even just hearing that. What was it like from there, like that catalyst for change? Like obviously for those who know you now, like you you show up, and I want to speak about this soon, but you show up so vulnerably, but you're also such a beacon of light. Like you're just amazing in the way that you show up and so many people look to you for, you know, guidance in terms Mm. of their mental health and how they view themselves and all these things. And you were in such a dark place with that. Like you struggled with that so much. So what was that like, that transition period? You know, you said Mm. it was the catalyst for change. How did the change take place? Yeah. So I reached out to my family after being on this medication and I wrote them an email because they were all like, how are you? Are you okay? How can we help you? How can we help you? And I was pushing them away so much because I was just so down and out in my head. And then I said to you, I got scared of my mental state. Mm. And I thought, if this is me for the rest of my life, I'm out. Mm. I need to find a way out. And whatever that means of how I get out of this life, I'll do it. Mm. That thought scared the shit out of me. So I reached out to my family. I sent them all an email and I just said, I know physically I'm not great, but I'm actually more worried about my mental state. Mm. I need to find an alternative. I need to find another approach. And prior to that, I'd sort of had no prior approach. I was a registered nurse, so I was taught Western medicine. I was taught medication, taught, you know, doctors and those types of things. And then my mum, she was volunteering at the Austin Hospital and she reached out to a friend whose husband knew this neurologist. And uh, he read the email that my mum had sent and he said, I'll see her right away because she sounds like she's in trouble in mentally. But also I think that this could actually be a very, uh, not quick fix, but a solution is available for her. Yeah. So I went in there with my parents. I was 24 at the time. I was like, sick. Okay, great. What have I got to do? Tell me what I got to take. I'll do anything. Yeah. And he said to me, and this is a professor of neurology, he is like, unbelievably intelligent he said to me you've been dealt a shit card and there's no doubt about that but there's no silver bullet here (laughs) if you really want to be pain-free you can be but you've been stuck in this I don't want to be in pain I don't want to be in pain I don't want to be in pain so you're telling your brain pain 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 and he was talking to me about neuroplasticity And he said, the brain is malleable, it's plastic, it's rewirable. And he said, I want you to think of an Olympic athlete. He said, they will train for that gold medal. So they know what they want, which is the gold. They want to be on the the centre of the podium, gold medal around their neck, feel the the pride and the elated feeling of getting that gold. And they'll do whatever they have to do. They'll train, they'll eat how they got to eat, they'll rest how they got to rest, they'll show up how they got to show up. And he said, I know you're not wanting to be an Olympic athlete, He said, but there is something that you want that is your equivalent of a gold medal. Mm. He said, what is it? And I just paused for a moment just like that. And I said, Doc, I just, I want to be free. I want to be free to be me. I want to be free to be myself. I want to be free to be happy. I want to be nice to people again. Like I just want to know 
me. And he said, cool, that's your gold medal. Now what I want you to do every day without fail, don't you dare miss a beat. I want you to visualize what you look like free. And then I want you to feel what that feels like and act in favor of it. I was like, who the fuck is this nutty professor? (laughs) What is he telling me? Is there no pill for this shit? Is there no (laughs) acupuncture that will help me do this? And he said, it's you. He said, Mm. you, you will do this if you want it bad enough. He said, it's your invisible prescription. I was like, fuck, this is pretty rad. So I thought I've got nothing to lose. I, I said I wanted an alternative approach so I, I asked him if I could go off my medication. He said yes. And then every day after that, without fucking fail, I would wake up. I would not take my medication. I'd close my eyes. I'd visualize myself happy which, and, and free and all the rest, which would then naturally make me feel good. And I played beautiful music with it too. I'm a, I'm a person that loves emotive music. It's mm-hmm. how I get my emotions expressed. So I played beautiful music with that. And then I would ask, what have I got to do to to be that cat? What have I got to do to be that cat? And the resounding message for me for such a long period of time was just just get out in the world, go and do things, go and move your body, go and go for that walk, go for that run, go to Pilates, go to yoga, go to whatever, like go and literally be free, be Mm -hmm. free to walk, be free to move because I wasn't doing that. I was like, tucked up in bed and, you know, rigid and pushing the world away. Mm. And I was getting overweight and I wasn't eating well, so I wasn't healthy. So this is what I literally did without fail for 10 months every day. I would walk to work instead of drive to work. I would go to the gym with my brother. I would push myself. And even though I was in pain, I I made sure of this with with the doctor, that the pain wasn't like my body was going to die. You know, it's like I wasn't going to die. So let's just move through this and see what could be on the other side of this pain. So 10 months of this, of I guess living true to the end vision of what I wanted, 10 months later, I was 15 kilos lighter. I had no chronic pain. I had no medication in my system whatsoever. And I was being nice to my partner. I was being awesome to the clients at work because at the time I was at that job and I was being a real bitch when I was on that medication mm. and I was back. And that was the process that got me to be free cat. It was the start of the free cat. I have chills. Do you, do you remember a moment where it suddenly clicked and it was like, oh my God, I'm free? Or was it like gradual for you? It was very gradual. Yes. So in the beginning, I was like, this isn't going to work. I had to fight my thoughts every day. Totally. My thoughts every day when I would wake up would be, this ain't going to fucking work. This is not going to be good. You're going to be a bitch. You're going to get in pain. You're going to need those pain medications. This professor is full of shit, you know. Yeah. Um, so they were the thoughts that I had to battle every day. I would say three months in, those thoughts got quieter. Mm. Three months in, I was like, oh, cool. I'm actually kind of automatically doing this. I'm actually just going for the walk. I'm actually just walking to work. I'm actually just getting up and going to the gym. Mm. It was more, actually, it was my dad on, it was around my birthday and my dad said, you're looking really good, kiddo. Like, how are you? Mm. And I think I was in such a focused cycle of, I just want to do this. That When my dad asked me that question, it's like I came up for, for fresh air and I was like, fuck, I actually don't, I don't have anything. I don't have any pain. Mm. And he's like, are you, are you serious? I'm like, I, I don't. 
So I, I, I it's, I almost forgot. Yeah, I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's it like really when bizarre. it became like autopilot for you, and like that became your natural state. As much exactly. as that almost sounds like it would seem less powerful, it's actually more because that is normal for you. And it's not yes. until someone outside of you like identified it and said, hey, how are you doing? You were like, yeah, let me check. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, actually yeah. recognised it for yourself. Wow. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's amazing. I love, I love your story. Thank you for sharing. I think for a lot of people, you know, regardless of circumstance, it's that mindset that's always the hardest. I love what you said there. Mm. We're like, I think it's so easy to think like I woke up and I visualized and saw myself happy. And that's so easy <laughs> said, but like when you don't feel happy or you don't feel mm. motivated or you don't feel whatever X result you're trying to reach, that's really hard. Like mm-hmm. that's the hardest part of the battle. And I think, you know, you speaking to that is huge where like, yeah, I was doing the work even when on a conscious level, I didn't really buy it. And yeah. like, can you speak to that a little bit for those who might be in, you know, a bit of a dark space or mm-hmm. just struggling with getting towards something that they are trying to achieve? And maybe the mindset piece is the thing that's feeling the hardest. They know what they need to do, mm. and, but actually doing it feels impossible. Yeah, it's it's a really good point because it's almost like sometimes we can think that, well, if I want to be that happy version of myself, then I need to fix all of my broken stuff first so I can then be happy. Mm. And what I have learned over my years, which has been such a tough learning but a necessary learning, is that we are constantly living with two opposing, very powerful forces inside of us, one being our dark our ego, our beliefs, our decisions, and the other being our most unlimited potential. Mm. It is either the greatest curse or the greatest wonderful blessing in the world, however we choose to see it, but it is a lot as one little compact human to be like, wow, I have the most demonic fucking thoughts in my head, yet I know I'm really fucking powerful. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I remember at the beginning when... I was still like riddled with chronic pain, Mm. overweight and not happy going, cool, there's this imaginary thing that I'm seeing in my head where I'm smiling and I can see my teeth and I can like I can see it right now because it's such a strong vision for so long. You know, I'm in a field of fucking lavender and the breeze is there, blah, 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 right? So that part of me was like, cool fucking story, mate. But guess what? We're in reality. We're in this body. So the gap can be so big that the gap that then gets filled with, I can't fucking do this. Mm. It's going to be too long a road. Mm -hmm. If I have to get that, it's going to take me years. It's going to take me decades. It's going to take me this. And then the stories start to fill the gap. And so the gap stays the gap. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So unfortunately, this is no new revelation. Unfortunately, the way to fill the gap is through the next best step. Yes. The next best step. The next best step. The next best step. And it's like literally that. It's like, okay, cool. I'm here in current reality. That's the end result that I want. Every next best step that I take, and if I take it consistently, even though right now I feel like fucking shit, if I continue to do this consistently, I will create an accumulative effect. 
mm-hmm. where after three weeks, a little bit of light might shine through. Three months, a little more light might shine mm-hmm. through. Six months, you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. gosh, that walk in nature for 10 minutes a day really does make a difference. Yes. And it's, and it's see, I had, a, I had a chat with a client about this the other day. She's like, you know, all this basic shit that I know I've got to do, like it's just so basic. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? You're doing everything other than but the basic and it's not fucking working for you. So how about you try the basic and stop judging the basic shit and fucking do it and see where you'll be in three months' time? And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us can get caught in the not wanting to be a victim but we are a victim. Oh, yes, we choose choose it. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's when we actually feel safe even though we hate it. Totally, 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 totally. So, you know, those mine were basic things. Go for a walk, walk to work, go to the gym. I'm like, you're fucking serious? How is this going to heal my chronic pain? And if I do that, because I had those same thoughts, this is going to take years, this is going to take way too long. Exactly. But 10 months, six years I was in chronic pain, Mm. 10 months I healed. And now how old am I now? I'm nearly 37. So 24, 10, 13 years later. Yeah. I'm like, still no chronic pain. Wow. Oh, yeah. it's so good, isn't it? Like I, I resonate with that, you know, not in the same sense, but on my own levels where it's like, it's so easy to get in your own head. And I found for myself exactly what you said, like just the next best step. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the stories and the narratives that just keep you in the exact same position, playing yep. it out, playing it out and wanting to dive deeper into it. Like, yeah. Here's this problem. I've identified it. Let's go really deep rather than actually I've acknowledged it. It's there. How do I move with it? With it. Yes. With it. (laughs) And ultimately move with it for long enough, you move through it. But a lot of the time we feel like we have to move through it first. Amen. Amen, girlfriend. Amen. You got it. You got it. You fucking know <laughs> it. Take me a long time to figure that out. I but it's, know. Finally, it's it's clicked. It's clicked. No, it's honestly so good. I so appreciate this. I want to go back to one thing that you were talking about before. Mm. Like you're someone who identifies, you're an authenticity coach. You help people to find mm. authenticity, yet you came from a place of people pleasing. And <laughs> I think that especially women, we really, a lot of us identify on some level with people pleasing. I know Mm. I definitely have not so much anymore. It still shows up every now and then, but I used to Mm. really, it used to be a really big part of who I was. I think Mm -hmm. a lot do. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of women about this. What's your advice? What are your thoughts? What was your journey? What are some steps that people can take to move away from, you know, even like you said, that false personality, Mm. please everyone outward in terms of finding out who they are and working on pleasing themselves. Yeah, I I think the first place to look at is what's it costing you? Mm. You know, like you want to, we want to like acknowledge like the dirt first, the the mess first, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Let's acknowledge instead of going straight to here are the five top steps that I would do. Mm. Nah, let's go to the bottom five steps of like (laughs) how this is fucking costing you. Yeah. What do you, these, and these are the hard questions, right? The deep self-inquiry questions. What's it costing you? What do you not get to experience as a result of people-pleasing or putting yourself last or not putting yourself anywhere in your life? Mm. And what do you miss out on? What feelings are arising you? How big is your fucking resentment box? Mm. And who is your resentment at? You might think your resentment is at that person, that person, that person, but turn the fucking mirror around and the resentment's towards yourself because you allow it. Yeah. Right. So it's like you said, to have to acknowledge 
why we people please and the cost of it and all those types of things that I just said before, that's an important step. Even looking back to where this may have come from is an important step. Mm -hmm. And then once you have some sound information on that, like what you just said before, you leave it alone. You don't then go, oh, fuck, let me dig like to the bottom of this or the center of the earth so I can then find out more and more and more. It's like, no, 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 no. You've got great information right now. It's like being Mm -hmm. an investigator. You've got great information right now, enough clues in place to then go, okay, so where I'm really fucking up is that I I don't stand for anything. Mm. You know, I don't have any values that I stand for, even though I do. So then step one into gaining yourself back is, fuck, what do I stand for? What don't I stand for? What things in me light me up or fucking piss me off that I then want to bring to the table? That if someone had an opinion on this and instead of me being like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, no worries, I can bring what I believe and what I see and what I know to be true to the party. That's one little way that you can bring yourself back. Yeah. And, and and they're all like very simple things, but they can be hard to put into practice because your people around you may know you to be that people pleaser, mm-hmm. may know you to be the agreeable person. So when you start to, I'm not even going to say push back, you just step in, you just step in to your yeah. life, you step into your body, you step into your spirit. Some people will be like, oh, wow, didn't expect that from you. Some people might praise it. Some people may not be a great big fan. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And that then leads on to taking a look at what truly matters to you. Mm. What things in your life have you been making matter that don't matter, e.g. sacrificing yourself for others and bleeding your energy dry. You're like, you know what? That doesn't fucking matter to me anymore. I don't want to make it matter to me anymore. So if I don't want to make that matter to me anymore, what do I want to make matter? I want to make matter, you know, 10 minutes a day nourishing myself. Start fucking small. Don't try and climb Mount Kosciuszko without any training, you know. Start small. The basic, the real fucking basic, 10 minutes. What will I do for myself in these 10 minutes that will nourish me? Maybe it's just sitting, breathing, feeling, music, that kind of jazz. Sitting, Mm -hmm. breathing, then journaling. Going out for that beautiful walk or sitting at a cafe just on your own you know, no phone and just being, you know what I mean? Stuff. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love the simplicity of it. And like you said before, it's like, go back to the basics. I think for a lot of people, it's very easy to want to write off the basics and to be like, no, 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 it can't be that simple. Or when the simple solution gets handed to us to be like, it's easier to write it off as well. Like, oh, it's so simple. It doesn't matter. And to, to prioritize old habits and other things. So I love that of just like coming back to like, number one, what do I want to stand for? And if Mm. you don't know what that is, what do you not want to stand for? Like, don't you Yeah, go to the opposite. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And then utilizing that as well as, you know, starting to figure out like, you know, what do I want? What do I want to prioritize? And I think that's really powerful because you get to choose. Everything has meaning because you make it mean something and you can rewrite that at any moment, which I think a lot of us forget because we think, Mm well, I've crafted myself up until this point or I've been crafted in this way. Sometimes we have to just realise like we have permission and to give ourselves that permission. So exactly right. So good. So good. Now part of your, well, a big part of your brand, which I love is the zero fucks movement, which Mm. is so good. Can you talk to us about that, how that was born and 
as well, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial. They have mm-hmm. their own businesses. How important has that been for you in terms of the growth of your business, building mm. a community around such a strong core message? Mm, yeah, great question. So how it first came about was, and it's so interesting because all I ever used to do was give all my fucks towards the wrong, not the wrong, just things that didn't give a great return on investment. Mm. You know, I was like going, hey, take all of me and I don't, I don't want anything back. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, well done, Cap John. That's really going to get you far in life. <laughs> Another way of secretly Oh, my gosh, <laughs> fucking hell. So when I was going through a big surge of growth, I did a chakra empowerment course and one of the suggested homeworks was to go to Five Rhythms, which is a two-hour dance session where they go through five different rhythms of music and you just free dance. And I've always danced when I was little. I always did, went to dance school from like four until 16. Love dancing love music. So that was the suggested homework. I was like, okay, cool. I'll go. And uh, how old was I at the time? Maybe 26. I think I was 26. And I went there, I went in and my judgment turned on immediately. I don't belong here. Who are these weird people? I am not these kind of people. I can't dance like them. They don't look, they look weird. I'm not weird. You know, all this just like separation, right? And there was just these people there, like in this great big hall, just moving and dancing to the rhythm, however they wanted to move. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so uncomfortable. So for 20 minutes, I just watched and judged. And I was like, "Mm, if I don't do this, my instructor's not going to know. So I could just say that I went and had a great time. (laughs) But I was like, no, Kat, you're fucking paid. Just do this. So after 20 minutes, you know, I I could really see just how much of a pickle I was getting myself into. And I was like, fuck it. Just start moving something. Start moving something. So I would just, you know, gently move my hands or I'd move my neck and then I'd slowly just shift my feet. Took me about 20, 25 minutes to get into my body, right? Yeah. Fucking after that, I was just in. I was so free. I was so happy. And I went back week after week after week. And there was one time that I went that there was this guy and they were playing the the chaos rhythm and it was like African drumming music. And there was this me and this guy like circling around one another and everyone was circling us. And then we were so in this animalistic moment that we just started kissing one another. And everyone was then oh just tribal stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. But I was so in my body. Yeah. And my head was like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. People are going to think you're a slut. People are going to think this. People are going to think that. Anyway, so that free wow. movement, oh, it just took not giving a fuck to another level, right, in a safe space, in a safe space. So I then continued. I, I sort of stopped going to five rhythms and then I just continued to, like, dance at home and whatever else. And then... Um, sort of fast forward, you know, a lot of years, I was doing a, a visualization. And one of my visualizations was around creating wealth and abundance through my authentic expression. Mm. And this was now nearly four years ago, I think. So I had a vision and I was like seeing myself, you know, creating wealth and abundance through my authentic expression. And I was using the same formula, basically, of that's what I want as a gold medal. Where am I now in relation to it? What's my next best step? So the guidance that I received was to dance. I was like, hmm? <laughs> how am I going to create wealth and money through dancing? Does this mean I've got to like 
go and do pole dancing or like become <laughs> a dad's teacher. Like I went to very logical things, right? Yeah. So then I went upstairs and put on some tunes and I just started dancing. I was like, all right, cool. I'll just do my thing. And then I just got this little intuitive feeling to record dancing. And back then, yeah. you know, TikTok wasn't around. Dancing online wasn't what it is now. No it was way. like, oh, if you're doing that, you're fucking brave. Where everyone, you can TikTok on the street and they're like, that person's TikToking. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so back then it was like, oh, God, are you really doing this? So I, I recorded it. And then I got this little intuitive guidance to share it online and share that this is, you know, a moment of me doing my thing. And I thought, oh, fuck, no, 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 no. People are going to think that I'm up myself. People are going to think that I'm this. People are going to think that I'm that. You know, I I should do it again because the dance wasn't good. So all those thoughts started going on. And then probably about 15 minutes later, I just said, no, fuck it. Let's just post it. So this whole fuck it thing came mm. about and it was it just happened to be a Tuesday and I thought okay well right now I'm about to give zero fucks because I'm just going to post this up online and I just linked it to ZF Tuesday you know zero fucks Tuesday but I did, had no intention of creating a movement I just thought there we go that's that'll do and then people then commented and dm'd and they were asking or they were saying I can't wait till next Tuesday I was like fucking what <laughs> what do you mean I can't wait till next Tuesday like this was just a, a one thing yeah. so then like little by little, like what we've just been talking about. Every Tuesday, I just, I came up and I danced. I came up and I danced. I came up and I danced. And six weeks later, other people started sending in their videos and started tagging. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Six months later, someone from a rooftop that owned a rooftop in the city in Melbourne said, I want you to host a zero fucks party here. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I want you to host a live event. And I did. I hosted a live event, 150 people. It was pissing down, raining. No one gave a shit. They just came anyway. Zero fucks. Zero fucks. (laughs) And it was my first, like it was a paid event. So I was like, okay, cool. This wealth and abundance thing is coming about. It's happening. And then I created more events since then, which and then I created a national tour. And now three to 400 people come to the events. But then corporate started reaching out and school started reaching out. And I was like, fuck me. This is literally my authentic expression, creating wealth and abundance, and I didn't even mean to. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then as a result, like you said, it created this monstrous community where now literally the reason why I've got Kat John, the zero fucks chick, everywhere I go, you're the zero fucks chick, you're the zero fucks chick. I was like, fuck, I might just use that tagline so then it's easy for them to find me online, you know? Yeah. But it's blown my business up. And look, now I will admit, like, in terms of how things have changed and, you know, like now with Reels and now with TikTok, the people who, what's it called, would send in their videos has definitely lessened over time because it's it's just now a, a pretty normal thing for people to dance and do a little reel and that be okay and normal. So I've had to come to a, a piece with that's okay that people don't send it in but I can still continue to live the zero fucks movement and share also to other times where I give zero fucks it doesn't have to be through dance yeah. but a moment where I had all these thoughts in my head but I was like nah fuck it let's just do what we we knew what we wanted to do yeah so yeah it's pretty amazing like now like yeah just the other week I ran two high school classes back to back that loved it 
Absolutely loved it. So it's been amazing for business, but also for community. Obviously, it is so your authenticity. Like you shine in every video I ever see of you, like doing your dancing. And I remember that was like, like I connected with you before I knew you online and I loved the way that you showed up and did that. And you know, it's like you said, like, obviously that is what you were meant to be doing. Cause it was almost like bestowed upon you accidentally. Like it wasn't totally. been on purpose. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of happened and look yeah. at what it's flowing to. I would have loved that in high school. If oh, you'd come I to my school know. and like, I would have felt very challenged. I definitely yeah. would have had a lot of fucks and been very nervous and yep. passing a lot of judgment, but I also think it would have been fantastic. So I love that you're doing that. That's actually something that I wanted to speak to. Mm-hmm. You know, you are someone that you create or you attract such beautiful brand collaborations and, you know, Mm. you do events and speaking and everything like that. And obviously, you know, some of them in the beginning sort of like just found their way to you, but it is such a part of your business now. And how do you go about that in terms of inviting those opportunities in? What does that look like for you, for those that maybe want to move into working in corporate environments as a Mm. consultant or showing up or holding live events? Like what does that look like in terms of creating those relationships and those opportunities? Look, in terms of my experience, I have not gone and actively attracted them. Mm. They have come to me and through me through someone. It is definitely something that uh, I'm now working with my team on to go, okay, cool. Now let's target some other companies like this um, mm. and put myself out there. But I have been, whether I call it blessed or just, you know, speaking somewhere at the right time where someone in that audience works for that company and then they reach out and then it's just been like, literally it's just been like that. It Firstly, it yeah. started with Lululemon when I was running meditation classes at a yoga studio and one of the Lululemon people was in the class and they were like, wow, everyone from the store needs to come and see this chick. So then everyone from that store came into one of my meditation classes and then they were like, hey, can you run a meditation class for our store? I'm like, not a problem. And then they were like, hey, can you come and run a meditation for our head office? And I was like, mm. not a problem. So then it was just like, bang, bang, bang. Then they want me to be a Lululemon ambassador. Then I'm doing a meditation for Run Melbourne at Fed Square with 25,000 people. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I'm a firm believer. Like, it's weird. It's so backwards when it comes to business. But I know (laughs) for me that when I stay true to how I love to do things, the success attracts. When Mm. I force based on, oh, that's the formula, I fuck it up. I fully fuck it up. It just doesn't come, you know, Mm. or it comes harder or I get in the way and I'm like, why isn't it happening now? As opposed to when I share how I want to share, when I express how I want to express and when I do that consistently and authentically, it literally just goes Mm. in you know, and I know that sounds really fucking annoying for anyone who's hearing this, but this is just the way that it happens for me, Yeah, you know. And that's, that's your truest authenticity. Correct. I think the biggest thing I take out of that is saying yes to opportunities, even when maybe in the beginning you didn't feel ready and it's totally. just flowed on from there. Your whole journey has been a, a listening and receiving and taking action on the next <laughs> 100%. That is That is literally my formula. <laughs> Which is a formula in and of itself. And I think some people listening, like maybe that is what needs to be done instead of trying to force. How can you 
tap in? How can you go inward? How can you ask yourself those questions? That might lead you to a strategy. Exactly. It's not like every next best step is sort of like a fluffy one or a woo-woo one or a just keep being you, yeah, you know. A lot of my next best steps can be very fucking practical. Do this more regularly. Show up here more regularly. Like like I said, you know, now my assistant, Nikki, so she's got a background in marketing and and those kinds of things. I'm like, you know what? I have not tapped into LinkedIn. Go tap into LinkedIn for us and see where they're looking for speakers and let's make that a strategy. So I'm utilizing her to her strengths where I'm not fucking sourcing it because that's just a waste of my time. So you go and source and then I'll come and do my thing. So absolutely, there are some next best steps of very boringly practical. <laughs> Actionable. Actionable. <laughs> but yeah, but I take them you know, so a hundred percent. No, that's so, so good. And, you know, again, that's just you coming back to like what feels good and then putting the right people in place for that. And sometimes that's the biggest thing we can do is like, let go of the need to control, which I know you spoke about well back in the beginning of the story. It was like, I have to control or try and control the things. Now it's like, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to listen. I'm going to take action or I'm going to put someone in place who can take action better than I can. Totally. And that's super powerful. What's your human design? Oh, I don't know, actually. I've done it before. I feel like you'd be like a generator or a manager. I think I'm a generator. Yeah. It sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, I can't remember. Someone's Very much like it. this is what I feel led to and I'm just going to trust it even though I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this whole fucking 2022 year for me, I'm like, oh, my God, oh. where is it taking me? Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. But that's going to be leading you towards the magic. And like that's you it. said before we started recording, it's opening up beautiful opportunities. and. That's fantastic. And I think that's empowering for people listening is like, you know, there's lots of beautiful strategies out there. Mm. Everyone's teaching different ones. I'm very strategic in what I teach. Is it going to be for everyone? No, not necessarily. You have to find the path that's going to feel the absolute best for you because otherwise, like you said, we sabotage ourselves. If it doesn't feel good, deep down, we're going to do something to fuck it up anyway. And so it's better to find what feels really good. Amen. 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 Oh, so good. In terms of the entrepreneurial journey and, you know, maybe you can pull this from clients that you've worked with, or maybe even just from your own, what would you say are some of the most, maybe you could give us like the top three limiting beliefs or things that you see holding people back and maybe some of the tips to help move through them or work with them until you move through it. Yeah. You mean like being an entrepreneur, like running your own show? Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Whether it's content creation or networking or building your business or coming up against revenue plateaus, like lots of different things yeah. that happen in our world. If three is too many, just pick one, like one of the main things that you have experienced or that you should witness and help others to move through. Yeah, well, for me personally, my biggest one has been finances. So mm. I've had such a cock-blocking limiting belief around money because I've had, like I've witnessed my mum give up her job for us as, as children, so mum was always around. And so I was like, okay, cool, feminine doesn't fucking add any value to the world basically. That was my belief. So then I hyper-idealised the masculine. So work really fucking hard, but then also had this, but feminine don't make the money, right? So I'm working hard, not making the money, working hard, not making the money. And I'm like, wow, how hard am I going to make this for myself? First three years of business were super tough for me because I just couldn't break through that easily. First year of business, I was like 30K revenue, motherfucker. 
you know. <laughs> that was my first year as well, back, like way back in PT life. Holy yep. shit, <laughs> man. I'm like, cool. I don't think I'm cut out for this. So then, see, mm-hmm. that then goes, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I don't yeah. think that, you know, I'm meant to make money. Other people can, but not me, right? Yeah. Something must be fucked up in my gene pool in order for me not to make the money, but everyone else can. So there was yeah. this, others have something special, I don't have the special, right? Yeah. So that's been my biggest, biggest one. And even to the point when I started to make good money, whenever I would, I'd, be so, I'd get so excited and then I would tell Steve and as soon as I would tell Steve, I literally my throat closed over. There was this full pus, ball of pus that would just form within half an hour. And I would have to cancel clients. I'd have to go straight to the doctors, go on penicillin. And (gasps) I couldn't speak. Literally, literally, I'm like, wow, how deep does this motherfucker run? How deep does this run? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so many stories around the feminine and finances were my biggest battle. So then when I started to make money, then what would happen was my, I was like, okay, cool. So the feminine can make money, but now we've got to work really, 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 really hard. So I was hyper idealizing the masculine way of making money. So I was making money, but I wasn't happy. I was making money, but I was tired. I was making money, but I was burnt out. So then Mm. there was this new level for me to play at of how can I make money exactly how I want to make it and just let it come in just mm-hmm. let it come in with open arms you know how could, but how can I make it exactly how I want to and that's probably been the journey that I've been on for the last it's definitely last year and absolutely mm-hmm. this year this year it's just like this is just the way it is this is the way it is so this is what we've got to prune back in order for us to do it exactly the way we want to do it so I know that other clients who I coach who are coaches I attract that same because I can help them. I can actually help yeah. them from an authentic place. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, it's such so a brainer. My God. Yeah, I've been through a lot of that myself. So I definitely feel you and I know a lot will as well, especially yeah. that piece of like work hard, not make the money. And it's like you're on the shit end of both spectrums. Like totally. what? So, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing yeah. that. And, you know, it is a journey and there's a lot, and I swear we could do a whole other podcast episode on, like, how you moved through mm-hmm. that. But I think for a lot of people it's just about recognising, like, you're not alone yes. if you feel like that, but there is a way through it and that doesn't have to be your truth. And, yes, there's going to be lots of different inner work that you're going to have to do around Amen. that in order to grow. but just know that that's it's not actually the truth and you get to, like we said before, rewrite that story for yourself so I love that do you have time for one more question go for it okay you obviously are so good at sharing so vulnerably Mm. and I admire you so much for that I want to know how quickly do you share that as you're going through it or do you allow yourself to process and then share once you've learned the lesson because I think for a lot of people especially when their business is an extension Mm. of them Mm -hmm. It almost feels like there's this obligation to share the shit mm-hmm. while we're in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when it actually has nothing to do with what our businesses actually do mm-hmm. in terms of solving problems for people. And we can get caught up almost in that obligation to be so authentic mm-hmm. and so transparent. How do you walk that line? I walk both lines. So, you know, I guess because in my personal life is my growth, right? And when I can share what 
I'm experiencing in my life and the way that I process it and then how I've come through it with my community, I mean, that's where people go, fuck, holy shit, me too, or I want to work with you or whatever else. So there are times where I will know when I need to go through this quietly yes. because I can feel it. I can actually feel like there'll be times where I will go to share where I'll literally pick up my phone and I'll put on stories and then I'll look at myself in the reflection and I'll go, no, nah. and I'll wow. put my phone down. I can just feel it's literally like my whole energy chakra system just says not yet. Yeah. And so I respect that and I, and I know exactly what you mean where because when we label ourselves an authenticity coach, it's like, okay, well, I must be authentic 100% of the time, right? Yeah. And I've gone through that and, I've, got, and I've, re- I've reminded myself like, fucking cat, no, that's just your bullshit shit telling you yeah. that. So then there are times where, you know, what's interesting, whenever I share really in the moment, especially on my podcast, like there was one, there was one where I had just had the most outrageous epiphany and breakthrough and I was like so raw and sensitive and I just felt, I felt I needed to get the mic and talk to it on the podcast and you could hear my voice so raw, Mm. the feedback was next level. Back from people were just like, oh my God, to feel you in your most vulnerable and be with you there, it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know what I can't even put it into words. It's like people get to really get to sit in my heart and they feel it. It's, it's, it's humanness. And mm. there'll be times where it doesn't happen that often where it's that, you know, level of vulnerability. But when it feels good and I go there, it's just another level of feedback that I get from people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it's like the theme of this whole thing is like you just trusting, like, does it feel good for me to mm. share regardless mm-hmm. of being like, I have to wait three weeks before I can integrate this into my messaging. It's exactly. Like, sometimes that's going to feel so good, even if it's just happened. Yeah. And sometimes you might think I'm going to share it and, oh, no, I need to give yes. myself two months before this totally. is something that I'm able to share. I love that. It's beautiful advice. And I think authenticity coach relationship whatever sort of coach you are doesn't matter I think you know just checking in with yourself like why am I sharing totally like does this actually feel good or am I doing this from that place of obligation and then honoring that Mm -hmm. that's been massive for me like absolutely I used to feel like I had to share everything and then like I felt better within myself once I gave myself permission to to stop doing Mm -hmm. that and to just go wait share what I want to share and what I want to share and my business grew because of it yeah. as well because yeah. when I was sharing it, it felt good rather than because I had to. Totally. So I think that gets very received. <sighs> oh, my gosh, such a good chat. I oh, appreciate thank beyond you. words. I love you. I could talk to you for another hour, but we will wrap it up. <laughs> yes, yes. There's yes, going to yes. be so many people who have connected with your message and your beautiful, authentic light. Please tell them where they can connect with you further. Yeah, come and uh, check me out over on Instagram. So cat.john, K-A-T dot J-O-H-N. Um, that's where you'll get a really good snapshot of me and also I'd say the next layer to check me out is my podcast. So Real, Raw, Relatable. That's where you're going to get inside me um, and where you'll feel like I'm inside you, you know. So that's a, it's, an, it's the next intimate layer. So that's where I would start for people.
Oh, so good. We'll link all of that in the show notes below. So it's super yeah. easy for people. Thank you again, my love. So good to see you, to see you and very blessed to be able to share this with everyone else as well. Thank you. Thank you, Tay. Thanks so much for listening, beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.